0: Greetings, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Love Service Wisdom with myself, Marissa Rada. Just back from Australia and New Zealand, a trip down there for about three weeks with my sweetheart, Krishna. We went down first to New Zealand to, I mean, we were going to Australia, and he was pretty much like, we can't go to Australia and not go to New Zealand. He's always wanted to go there. So we planned a week-long trip to Australia, or sorry, New Zealand, and it was fantastic. It was gorgeous weather. It was their summer down there while we were there, and we had some of the best hikes I've ever been on. We went to this place. Called Glacier Burn outside of Glenorchy, which is part of the Middle Earth landscape. And there was hardly anybody on this tramp, as they call them, not treks or hikes. They're called tramps. And it was about three hours through like ferny, gorgeous New Zealand rainforest up, 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 steep, nice, steady climb to like a big glacier basin with uh, incredible outlook to the lake below and the mountains. And man, it was, that was, it was one of those moments hiking through that forest where you can feel so connected to nature and Uh, The place and the scents and the smells and the sounds and the frequency and the vibration. I was literally hiking along and I was just, I felt like I was bursting with love and gratitude. Just hiking and hiking and walking and walking and being in uh, that natural landscape that just enveloped you. So really grateful for that time. And then we went on an overnight cruise through... This group, Real Journeys, that my friend Lori, who had just been down to New Zealand with her family a couple months before, told us about. That was a cruise through what's called Doubtful Sound through the Fiordlands, the Fiordland National Park in on the South Island of New Zealand. And it was also an exquisite journey through some natural landscapes that are unspoiled. So those were, oh gosh. And then we went up to Mount Cook and did the Hooker Tramp to the Hooker Glacier and saw icebergs in the lake and the epic scenery there. I think it's often rainy and gray. In that part of New Zealand, and it wasn 't it was just like clear blue sky, gorgeous white, puffy cloud, even like spaceship cloud, beautiful day, and just man, felt so, so, so grateful to get out into all those landscapes, so an amazing time in New Zealand. then we hopped back over to Australia, and I was teaching a weekend in sydney at a friend's a new friend's studio kara who has inner space yoga in merrickville which is like a little subdivision of sydney i was leading workshops saturday and sunday like a slow soul flow self-awakening yoga style masterclass for 2 hours and then a course a class on yoga history and philosophy and then the next day yoga psychology and meditation and then a yin yoga class and all those were two hours and it was awesome. I had about nine people in each session which for me as like they don't know me from Adam coming over and they joined uh, my practices felt really good and it was some people in each one that were the same and then some new ones that would pop into just the single sessions and it was such a delight there was such um, it was all women and all kind of different levels of students and interests in yoga, but Claire and Davina and Lisa and Christine and Allison and Vivian and Briny and Cara and Beth and oh man, just wonderful community there. So very grateful for having the opportunity to teach, to teach that weekend. And then I was supporting East forest with his projects and ceremonies in the evening. So I'd get done teaching and get an Uber. I started to Uber pool, which I'd never done before. It actually worked out pretty well to the spot that we were hosting or perform, he was performing his ceremony concert. Ceremony concerts, we'll talk about a little bit in this podcast. This podcast is him and I doing kind of like a decomp of our experience there. And he is he's giving that st- East Forest Ceremony Experience and I get to be what we lovingly refer to as the magician's assistant who who well does a lot on the front end. It's like a five hour workday, let's say, when we're doing the ceremony concert with the setup and the sound and getting to the venue. And then I've got my little spot of um scents, essential oil sprays and different sounds. I call them the jangles that I have for when he's performing at different points through the ceremony, moving throughout the space to spray the sense or to bring sounds through the audience, and then also to like hold and contain and protect and move the energy of the space while people are going deeply inward. And it's it's a blessing and a treat. And I feel very grateful to have the opportunity to support the work in that way and create a container where everyone can drop in a little bit deeper. And then afterwards, it's, I'm the merch girl. I'm the groupie merch girl. I had my first band boyfriend in college and I was, I've been doing merch, I've been selling merch t-shirts, band t-shirts, though Krishna doesn't have any of those, and CDs. For years and years and years, twenty years or more, and uh, it's always sweet to be able to chat with those who were at the ceremony afterwards, and got lots of nice um, feedback and responses, and and very grateful for everyone in Australia for how warm and welcoming and wonderful they were in so many ways. I loved. The time that I got to spend there in uh, Sydney on the beach and Byron Bay on the beach and Noosa, our hosts in uh, Dunin at the yoga, the Shambhala, Shambhala Yoga Center, Shambhala Yoga. Shambhala Shala? Shambhala Shala. Maybe that's what it was. Christy and Craig there, they took us down to the beach and it felt so much like Nosara, Costa Rica, which is one of my most favorite spots on the whole planet. So wish I could have spent a lot more time there. We were just there for a couple hours, really, there on the beach. Um, But I want to come back and bring my family. I want to go back to Australia for sure. Every spot was just lovely. Then when we were in Melbourne, I got to see an old friend... Duncan, who I met at the Lululemon Ambassador Summit in 2014. I was the Lululemon Ambassador here in Boise for almost like five years. And that year they picked me to, I guess, represent Idaho or maybe it was a Northwest thing. I'm not quite sure. There was maybe like... Mm, 150 to 200 ambassadors from the Lululemon spots all over the country and some international that were brought up to Whistler. And we had so many great connections that were made and friendships that are still long lasting. Like my friend Duncan, there's just a few people that you meet that you kind of still keep track of and um, follow, even though you don't really get to see each other in person that often. He and I have seen each other a few times over the years, but he was surprised me that he was there in Melbourne. I didn't know that. And it was just lovely. It was so lovely. Another friend that I met at that same time was Dan Houston, who's now living here in Boise with his wife, Christina and teaching at my studio. And it's all thanks to that one ambassador summit (laughs) so long ago. So thanks to that experience, Lululemon, you guys were pretty great to us back then. It was awesome. And, uh, yeah, even just within that, I hope to meet again and see again all those lovely ladies or at least a few of you that I met when I was teaching at Space. I'm sure that I'll come back down again and all the wonderful people that we met while we were on tour. So I'm here in Boise for a while. My next big project is Yoga Fort, which is coming up March 27th through 29th. It's part of Tree Fort Music Fest's. That's uh I've been involved with for the past eight years and I love it. It's my all these all the staff that put it together, they feel like family to me. They're some of my best friends and I love them so much and it feels like Tree Fort season here in Boise and Yoga Fort especially. My last podcast was with my dear friend and Co conspirator in many ways, Celeste Bolin. I think I heard from a lot of you guys that you enjoyed our rapport in that podcast. You can tell we've been friends for many, many years. So she and I put together Yoga Fort with a team of support Miranda and Alex and Corinne and Jesse and Sarah and Jackie this year as well, and all the, the Yoga Fort volunteers. And our favorite musicians who come out, Masood and Sheila and Brent and Clinton, of course, East Forest and Soul Rising's been with us many times. He won't be here this year. We've got Oliwa instead and Devo. And so we bring these musicians to partner with all the yoga and movement classes. And I can't wait to see Micheline Barry. She's one of my all-time favorite, favorite yoga teachers to learn from her grace and wisdom and um, grounded feminine power and strength and yogini goddess and all the ways. Just this last weekend at Sage, we were hosting Peter Stereos. He's the founder of Manduka and he has a new book. He just put out Gravity and Grace. Congrats on that, Peter. And I got to take his class and that was also a wonderful treat. He reminded me a lot of my teacher that I trained with, on Stapleton and the style and the way that he moves. So if you ever have a chance to take a class with Peter too, I know he's on his book tour. If you see that at your local studio or wherever you are, take it for sure. He's so incredible. I love the fluid, conscious, slow moving style of it. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. So that's that for now. Enjoy this podcast with Christian and I giving you some more of the interesting and strange and funny details of what it's like to travel down under but all in all a fantastic trip and so grateful to be home so grateful for all the beautiful weather that we had and uh, the health that we enjoyed too and here we are so blessings to you enjoy this podcast till next time
1: All right, sitting here with Marissa Rada-Webner, and we wanted to, while our brains are still fresh with the jet lag, while it's still running through our veins, to go through just to what it was like this whole Australia tour. I also went to New Zealand, but the actual music was in Australia. Um, and It was kind of a three-week trip overall. So naturally... For at least us in our Northern Hemisphere, Western lives, it was unique in lots of ways and was actually quite um, a special experience, not just like going to another place and performing. So we thought it might be fun to kind of, you know, before we forget, dive into some of those things that happened and like things. How's the jet lag been for you?
0: You know, I would say this is when been one of my mildest jet lags coming home. And going there was one of my most pleasurable jet lag experiences because I could get up really early in the morning and feel quite set. It's a weird thing where Australia, New Zealand is a day ahead and six hours behind. Yeah, so
1: it basically was like six hours behind. Right, but but you're a day ahead. So it's like when you go to Hawaii. It's uh, three or four hours difference for us in the mountain time, Pacific time. It just, Mm -hmm. but you crossed that date line. So it did make it very confusing to try to like communicate and figure out when we're supposed to do certain things. Like I need to have a call Wednesday, your time, Tuesday, my time. But I tried to tell people, look, it's just pretend it's six hours apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although there's even stranger things in Australia. Like when we went from Sydney to Brisbane.
0: The 30 minute difference. It was an hour. Oh,
1: yeah. And it's just directly north. And I, the, the time zone changed because one of them doesn't follow a uh, daylight savings time.
0: That's true. We flew into the Gold Coast and you're like, all right, we went, we went an hour back and we were for a minute. But then we, kept and then we driving, drove north into we the other anymore. state
1: like two hours and it went back. It went back to the other time. <laughs> so I had to ask somebody, I was like, I don't understand why the time keeps changing. And I'm just going north and south.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was a moment where I was like, I don't know how that much time just went by.
1: They're the Arizona of, uh, there's part, or I think parts of Arizona don't I, do it.
0: I thought that you told me one spot was 30 minutes though. Was that Adelaide? Yeah,
1: as we went down south, exactly. And that was a bit of a west to east maneuver. So mm-hmm. to me, that made little sense. Um, you don't see that very often, a 30 minute change, but you're right. So they have time zones, <laughs> which is one of the first fun facts. Of Australia. And in the same thinking, like Australia and Arizona, like Arizona, I'm assuming doesn't want to do the daylight saving time because it's sunny and warm and so forth. And so I'm I'm guessing they were just like, we don't want to deal because it's kind of like not that big a deal for us. And as we we noticed, as you went north there of Sydney, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it got kind of tropically and humid. It
0: felt like Costa Rica to me. It was great. It really reminded me of, of the Pacific coast of Costa Rica when we were in Byron Bay and particularly Nusa, which is even a little bit further north of there. It was awesome. It felt really good. But I like that kind of weather.
1: So we might have been there at a particularly unique time because, so as we all know, the fires were happening, right? And that was obviously something I spoke to and spent was on our minds and in the consciousness. It's like, wow, we're, we're going into this. And that's Obviously, is connected to must be to why we're going. the The mo- We left on a Tuesday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We land on a Thursday. Yeah, okay? you lose the day. Right, which is another f- wonderful thing about how time becomes this malleable <laughs> thing. But the moment we arrived in Sydney, uh, we had one night there off, so to speak, and then we went to New Zealand. And on that night, it was like torrential rain, like biblical rain rains that apparently went on for two or three days flooding
0: yeah there was a they call them cyclones the hurricanes was out there in the tasman sea and it brought a ton of rain
1: but not just a ton of rain people were saying it hadn't really rained in three years
0: they said something like it was the most rain they'd had in four years in three days
1: yeah Yeah, because when we went to the airport in the morning i had to like it was one of those ridiculous things where the airbnb the key to the airbnb was like across the street on a bike lock you know what I mean? It was on, like a on, the, it was on the street, a street outside pole. of Delhi because it's some high rise. Anyway, it was raining so hard. Just doing that, it was as if I had, was standing in a shower. I was completely drenched, all 100%. of my clothes, as we're heading to the airport, which is a wonderful feeling.
0: It's like that time you spilled the water on your pants right when we we're about to take off <laughs>
1: for China. It's like, <laughs> all right, here's this 13 hour flight. And wet I spilled pants. an entire, yeah, all of my underwear was wet. <laughs> it looked like I wet my pants. <laughs> You
0: dried out though with this one pretty quickly. Yeah, but the rain came and it was beautiful. We had that one night in Sydney and we stayed in the central business district and it was great. We got to CBD walk around as they call the CBD. it, and I kept thinking
1: that meant Where's like it was weed friendly or something. No, yeah, it's not like, that's the case. central. Yeah,
0: it was cool to see the Sydney Opera House.
1: Yeah, but I just want to go back and say that those rains yes, put out the fires. They did. Which was a miracle for the country. And so we went away for a week. And by the time we came back...
0: It was all clear.
1: Everyone was in a good mood. There was no smoke in the air. There was a little bit in Adelaide, but that was three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And everything was completely lush and green and going nuts because it had just been watered and then had a week to kind of soak it all in and start growing. So everywhere we went was like amazing weather. It was hot mm-hmm. a lot of places, but green, yeah, so green. And that's what felt so tropical at times.
0: Yeah, it was like the fires hadn't even happened. It wasn't spoken to very much. I We would see like on some restaurants or we would go to like little posters or flyers, like f- fundraising for the firefighters or for different organizations or wildlife organizations. We would see that, but it wasn't. A thing.
1: I think in the big cities, like, well, Sydney, Melbourne, um, I mean, I heard it was more, anyway, down there in the southeast, and I remember they spoke a lot about in Adelaide, because, I mean, some folks died, as our Uber driver told us, and they lost 90 homes in one part of the hills. Yes,
0: they did tell us that. And up
1: north, in Dunan, they were they were t- telling us about how, you know, they were on the, the ready-to-go for three nights, and, like, any moment, you know, it's coming towards us, we gotta go, it just happened to shift, but... I don't want to diminish what happened there. Nonetheless, I was just it was just remarkable what we were expecting Mm -hmm. and then what happened with like biblical style reigns and then uh, how that kind of set the stage for our journey. Because you and I talked about, look, we might have to likely have to shift plans maybe cancel a show, Mm -hmm. and we guys to be ready just to be flexible like that.
0: And be ready for all that smoke. We've experienced that here in Idaho when there was big fires in Oregon and California. Two years ago. And it was horrible.
1: Absolutely terrible. That was the summer two years ago here where everywhere we went, it was just ridiculous, you know, Beijing times 10. Mm -hmm. When we were in uh, San Jose, remember that? That was the worst, the San Francisco area. Well, Steve was calling me. <laughs> Need to Hi, talk Steve-o. studio stuff, and um, and then was here, and yeah. that was also the time in Oregon where the, the eclipse
0: festival. But the was uh,
1: the Eagle Creek fire in the Columbia River Gorge. That's a rainforest. The yeah. idea of that burning was unheard of. So we did experience some terrible smoke, and I was expecting that. We brought masks. This is before coronavirus. We brought masks. Yes, that's a whole other thing that was going on mm-hmm. while we were down there, and God knows where that'll be by the time this comes out, but like a daily shift
0: it's true but we we were very fortunate traveling was easy the weather certainly worked in our favor favor i felt like we were blessed by the weather gods good. Yeah. when we got to new zealand because of the rain that had came um over on in australia they had gotten also a lot in new zealand there was a big flood and areas washed out and closed right. there right too right but um what was i gonna say
1: I just wanted... Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say the weather in New Zealand was perfect. It
1: was. Yeah. New Zealand was great. But, you know, what was interesting about going down to Australia was that, you know, when we talked about going, you had that gig to, to teach and that kind of spurred the idea to even go at all. And then we put some dates together. And at the end of the day, it's a guessing game of like, I mean, will anybody even show up? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I've never been there in my life. And... I know there's a couple people, I can see stats of where people listen, but you've no sense of like their engagement if they want to like pay a ticket. And Do come they see. care?
0: Will they come? Will they
1: show up? Yeah. And they showed up.
0: They did. In and great that was, numbers for you. It was such a beautiful... Uh Sold was, out, the whole tour oh, It was so great, they were so happy to have you there They were so happy to have you there We heard really comically a couple of times That some people were even surprised that you were actually playing They thought they were buying a ticket to an East Forest music listening party, maybe? Yeah, they,
1: several people, and this confuses me What in the languaging They, they thought, basically, I had hired someone, a guy <laughs> To play my music like a DJ <laughs> Take money. Isn't
0: that what you do anyway? And
1: I was like, well, this is a, this maybe is a brilliant idea, but I don't think, how, <laughs> I didn't see how they could fly.
0: So um, they were so happy that you were there. My teaching, too, I've never been to Australia and they didn't know me from Adam. And I was very happy with the turnout of students that I had at Inner Space. Yeah. Everyone there was so welcoming and open open hearted yep. open minded
1: yeah, we had no issues with people um, everyone was was super great, and all of our hosts were really great
0: yeah, thanks to card in her space, she was a great help for sure, especially allowing us to go over to New Zealand. She held on to eight pieces of her luggage
1: yes, we had eight i mean four major pieces and four minor pieces mm-hmm. well they 're all important, but uh, Yeah, and so it was really heartwarming to have people show up, and in some ways, um, uh, I I don't know if it was a bottleneck effect of not having been there or something, or that uh, there's a sense like, oh, you don't live here, so we want to come, but uh, it it made me definitely want to go back, and it made me realize all the pockets of community that can exist around the world, and look, no doubt, it's a ton of work to travel this far, and the logistics of it alone and shout out to Isabel
0: on your, yeah, you know, your management, on management
1: for organizing this whole tour. Um, it's a lot and if it wasn't for her help and all the people who said yes to, to hosting us and then people showing up it just flat out wouldn't make sense. It really wouldn't and because it, it takes a toll on your, your body, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I always had a mysterious headache. I so was bitten hopefully. by a venomous Beast,
0: Yeah, on Valentine's Day, Day, when we got back to uh Sydney, after our time in New Zealand, we were going on a beautiful afternoon walk through, the like, Wendy's Secret Garden or something yeah, like we, that. Yeah, we were in the
1: North Harbor, mm-hmm. so it's, like, right over the bridge. It's a beautiful neighborhood. McMons. Yeah, they always pronounce it. You know, everything we pronounce <laughs> was wrong, we also learned. Everything. <laughs> We
0: were the king, and queen McMons, of mispronouncing.
1: McMahon's point. Um, McMahon's.
0: We were walking through this garden. We were having a beautiful time Crikey. walking along the the water there and in this gorgeous garden. And all It was kind st-
1: of foresty. It was like wood chips. It wasn't like a pavement. Well,
0: there's that huge tree, too.
1: Yeah, which is probably just an ecosystem turkeys. of death. Yeah.
0: And I was drawn to the tree and you came back there behind me and then we walked out and then not like. 20 seconds later, you got bit on your toe. I was
1: foolishly wearing flip-flops. That was the last day I did that, except for a couple more times I did up in the beaches. But, I mean, it was like anywhere we went, I had, see, there was a huge disparity of going to New Zealand where they have just about nothing to worry about, right? They don't have, they don't have much. They don't even have that many animals going around. They
0: have kiwis.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you go to to, um, Australia and it's like everything. Yeah. I mean, I heard things like, we were at a venue once, and I heard, like, as I'm setting up, someone's like, oh, we got us. We got a snake out here. It's a white one. We got to come <laughs> deal with it. I'm just like, oh, my God. Or uh, I saw some spiders that were, like, the gnarliest, craziest-looking spiders I've ever seen. And then, anyway, we were sitting there, and I got I got stung by something on my toe. It felt kind of like a, a bee sting, like a big, sharp ouch. And I went down to shake it off, and there was, there was nothing to see anymore. And uh, quickly it was like this venomous feeling, you know, like a basketball size of pain on my foot.
0: But it didn't show anything, but you could no. barely walk on your foot. I it said, really hurt. I said maybe it was an ant bite. I was trying to dissuade you from thinking it was a spider by continually telling you it was an ant. That was yeah. the tactic. Yeah. Krishna does not like spiders.
1: Well, you know what? I like spiders. They scare me, though. Yes. I'm trying to change my story with it and uh, the medicine they bring. And So I had this I had this pain... And the pain went away with some ice after a few hours, but uh, quickly a headache and this neck pain set in that never went away. The whole trip,
0: he had it the entire time.
1: Just this persistent nagging headache. Of course, I'm thinking I'm in serious trouble. Uh, you know,
0: he does those internet searches that give you the clue that you're, you're, you're going to have meningitis, you're dead. yeah, you're going to die, Lyme's disease, or any some kind of incurable thing that's terrible, and then it makes the headache worse. And yeah. then you get more panicked and then it's, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful spiral.
1: Well, it was something we wrestled with going to a doctor. Eventually I did just to be like, Hey, is there anything like, um, in Australia that if I go home, no one there is going to know about it. you are like, Oh, you got bit by the crikey Mikey, you know? <laughs> and
0: it <laughs> uh, always does that.
1: A Barbie with a barb, you know? And, yeah, and I was hoping, solution. I was hoping they'd say that and they're like, all you have to do is eat these three red berries. And, but they were like, no, you, you have a headache. <laughs>
0: A, like, a muscle tension headache. Yeah, I was
1: like, no shit. Yeah, I was like, but why?
0: But she checked you for all the nerve damage and nerve pain and all know, the symptoms and things. And it's kind of no anticlimactic work, when you go to a doctor and you want the big um, diagnosis, even though you don't want the big diagnosis. And I
1: wanted uh, an insect. They'd say like, well, that's a bull ant. And it does. Yeah, it'll go away. It could have you know? quite
0: possibly been a bull ant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and your theory was that my head and neck hurt because I was driving on the left and I, everything was opposite, which now that I'm back, um, there's some credence to that. Because
0: well, I'm- when we went to the doctor and she said it's just muscle, and I'm like, well, what could be causing this muscle pain? It happened when we got back from New Zealand and you had started to drive on the left, which to rewind was highly stressful for you too. The first moment of that happening, you're also oh, like, this God. is, we can't cancel everything. I will right, not Let's drive. back up.
1: Let's back up. <laughs> I assumed there were two times we had to rent a car and one of them is in New Zealand to get around and one of them was as part of the tour. So it's like, that's, we had to do it to get to the, the gigs. Had to do it. And I thought, I knew obviously you'd drive on the left, which I thought isn't, It's going to be weird, and I've asked friends, but that's it. You just drive on the left. Mm -hmm. What I did not anticipate, everything in the car is different, except for the gas pedal and the brake. I kept, for instance, turning on my turn signal and my windshield wipers would turn on because they're flip-flopped. And of course, the mirrors are flip-flopped. It's it's in the left, and your brain goes to the right. And my spatial relationship of where the ends of a car are are so ingrained in me from being on the other side, they're now all just gone. And it was like I was trying to learn how to drive a car for the first time, but we're in New Zealand where the roads are like the width of a tiny car and they're windy. It's nighttime, it's raining and you've been flying for three days. And there's a missing day.
0: Yeah, he was not happy. It was a micro-breakdown moment. I had a little was, panic attack. Yeah, is, he's like, this, we're not doing this. As
1: soon as we like pulled the car out of the parking lot spot, and then you go to the gate where it exits, I went to the gate, and it's not moving. I'm like, why is the gate not moving? And I'm like, oh, because I'm on the wrong side of the road.
0: That's immediately,
1: the... immediately I screwed it up.
0: But and that's then, normal. It was just a habit.
1: Well, it, my point is it was highly stressful. Mm. It, so I'm sure that didn't help everything in my body. And uh driving with had crappy headlights, like this shitty headlight that pointed like down, you yes. know, so you couldn't really see it. it. was it was tough, it was scary getting yeah. to the uh we just only had to drive like 15 minutes to this Airbnb, but we we, we hadn't be, you know when you arrive in a new country and it's dark, you're just kind of like, well, I know I'm in somewhere new, but I, I'm just trying to figure out where the hell I am
0: yeah uh, we you were, were in, he was not happy. he was not having it. He was like, "No, no, no, no. We slept on it. He looked at the driving book. He woke up feeling a little bit better. And I said, you're going to learn. You're going to create new neural pathways. It was scary. It's going to be great. Yeah. You can do this. You can do this.
1: It was scary. Uh, it was hard. It was, it was actually hard. But so uh, anyway, fast forwarding as I started to get a little bit used to it. Mm-hmm. And we got to Australia. The roads were a little wider. When we got back, like we've been back now four or five days. Yeah. I- I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you right now in this moment, I don't know if I fully experienced this to you i'm having trouble
0: well you keep turning on the windshield wipers and
1: i'm last night yeah i just drove seven hours yesterday i actually had to multiple times i was passing or something and i'm like wait a minute am i supposed to be on the left or the right to pass i don't can remember! You
0: have to think really hard because it's, I really a, mat- it's a matter of life and death. It's an important decision. So you can't just like you overthink casually it. do it. You overthink it. I'm still having
1: trouble though. Yeah. I drove on the wrong side of the street here the other day in the neighborhood. You'll mind You'll get it you. back.
0: You'll get it back, babe. It's well, okay. it's
1: a really interesting brain thing. Yeah. how uh, You know, in just two weeks I was shifting and then I come back here. I've done, been doing this for decades and now I'm shifting again. So that was um, a uh, surprise. And it's stress, but I feel more now. I feel like, well, if we have to do it, I can do it.
0: You can do it. And you, well, you did do it and you successfully did it. There were no accidents. There were no dings. There was no problems.
1: God bless. It was
0: internally stressful, but you championed up and you powered through it and you got, you had a raging headache the whole time. I think it might've been from the driving.
1: Perhaps. Yeah, maybe so maybe maybe I mean I definitely was bitten by something but it's possible it was not related to what came on who knows but anyway that the that, that kind of physical issues when you go so far sometimes your body psychosomatically even things come up uh, and it's it's a big deal to to be hopping over it's big enough just to play a gig in town let alone s- scoot over one state but
0: um, <laughs> and we did some of the hardest things ever where it was wake up at 3.45 in the morning yeah. and catch a flight and fly to a new town and set up and do a gig and that sleep night. for a few hours and then do it again another and then flight. wake up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and catch another 6 a.m. flight. Yeah. That's very difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe
0: there's other pro musicians out there who do that kind of stuff all well, the time. Well, you maybe have a
1: little more support. Or a private
0: jet or something.
1: And, th- and we were dealing with like, you know, I got to have a little like non shout out to Virgin... Australia, because that first flight we took, I've never been on. It was like they were German. I've taken German <laughs> flights and they're strict with weight They weighed everything. There was one carry-on. We had a hater
0: lady stewardess pick us out in line, even while we were waiting to get checked in, and she came up to us and said, "Are your carry-ons the right size?" And we're like, "Oh yes, they are." I said,
1: "Believe me, I've read every."
0: (laughs) Shout out to Krishna. He spent the entire month of January. He he spent let's say a couple weeks. I would say half of December and the entire month of January planning our luggage packing equipment situation the well, lo- whole.
1: the logistics of taking this gear there how do we set it up how do we get it around how do we get it on the flights how do we get it on the cars well
0: mostly too because of virgin atlantic's strict y- wait yeah policies. you have to work
1: off the most restrictive of all the different things you're going to do
0: yeah and so all, the whole month of january every day he would say to me when are you going to pack
1: <laughs> yeah because i needed to weigh it
0: <laughs> And I would say, I'll get to it soon. I'll get to it soon. I needed to weigh it. When are you going to pack? I'll get to it soon. And we needed it that way because we had the very first flight, the stewardess pick us out and she was going to weigh our luggage and make sure it wasn't over. And if it was, we'd have to check it and pay a lot of money. Well, not
1: only, that wasn't even the issue. The things we're carrying on are fragile. They can't be checked. Right. That's why, so it's sort of like we're we're stuck, we're screwed. They're not packed in a way that they can be, checked they're just sort of like packed so we can carry them on and it's lightweight and they won't get lost and damaged and so yeah that i could i it was sort of you know that was maharaji in, in drag too because like here it is and after that of course they were super cool no one gave a shit yeah, what we brought a matter of fact is the opposite uh the last <laughs> one yeah you used to pay all this money you know for the bags there it's like uh, like yep if you do it at the airport it's even more it's like a hundred dollars a bag and i went to the last lady that last flight we had yeah and i said hey blah 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 it's not working on the screen she says, and she says oh well it looks like you have eight bags <laughs> included for free or something and i'm like that's not true but uh that's <laughs> like very generous of you
0: it was the opposite end of the spectrum yeah
1: well aside from all boring things like that uh what came up for you as far as uh you know, what did it feel like or did it feel like anything different for you to be down there? I know it's a very much a, a beach culture and you grew up on the beach. I'm sure that felt like home, but uh, I felt that. It was kind of a relaxed,
0: beachy yeah, vibe in the whole country. especially that weekend we spent in Sydney, the first weekend there with the different power livings in um
1: Shout out to Jordan for all the power living events.
0: Bondi beach and Manly beach and neutral Bay, all those different spots. I love the beach vibe culture. Cause like you just said, that's how I grew up. I'm Daytona beach born and raised through the eighties and nineties. And so it felt really good. I've been landlocked in Idaho for the past 10 years. And, um, so that was a sweet surprise. And, um, Going to New Zealand, though, that was a whole other different thing where the nature was just so stunning and gorgeous and epic. And there, too, the people were so kind. It's funny they speak a version of English, but we had a hard time understanding a lot of people. Like (laughs) Krishna said, we mispronounced most things as well and called ourselves out as Americans through the way that we spoke.
1: I'm sure my lazy, when I get this kind of lazy and casual... Someone with a different accent. It's like, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> I definitely had to tune my ear a lot just to like understand a waiter.
0: Yeah, there were moments where someone was speaking English and I would look at Krishna. I'm like, I don't know what he's saying at all.
1: Oh, yeah. Plenty of times someone said a phrase to me and I would just like say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they might have been, there wasn't the appropriate response, but <laughs> just tell her, I just touched my heart, nod my head. Like, or
0: we're thinking words mean different things. Like our very first morning in Queenstown, we were at that great little coffee shop restaurant that had the portrait of um bill murray bill murray above the fireplace and you're like i think a fluffy is um is a marshmallow yeah
1: because they offer a fluffy for as yeah. part of a coffee as like, i think it's I mean, that's a it great like term
0: fluffy for a dollar or something like that or yep. the, and so you asked the guy when you went back up to get more coffee
1: because they had marshmallows sitting on there. the counter
0: yeah and you asked about the What did you say to
1: that guy? I said, is this, I said, uh, can I, is this a Fluffy? Can I get a Fluffy? He's like, (laughs) that? No. I said, what's that? He says, it's a marshmallow. (laughs) He says, where "Where have you been hiding? (laughs) uh,
0: A Fluffy is a kid's drink. Is Apparently what it said. So. so we were making up new words. But for, for the... me now,
1: it's a it's a marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. Ma- wish, marshmallows will
0: always be fluffies. Yeah. And we did get a fluffy in your coffee. And there were fluffies at dirty. most counter you, coffee it counters. It definitely
1: sounds like something we shouldn't, you know, getting a fluffy in your coffee <laughs> doesn't sound <laughs> appropriate. Hey, you're
0: the one that wanted one.
1: I did. I'll stand by that. But uh, nonetheless, it sounds salacious.
0: The food was fantastic, but it was incredibly overpriced. There was the flight that we were taking from Sydney to New Zealand. We were trying to get breakfast and avocado toast. A piece of sourdough with a quarter of an avocado on it was $23.
1: I think it was more.
0: Well, mm. it was more if you wanted an egg, which was like $6.
1: To be fair, uh, their tax is included in that price, the GST. No, it's not. It is. I believe, Um, I think it is, and the tip is included. The tip
0: is included, so so it's about a 20% discount, but still that's a lot. Oh,
1: it's crazy. And they, you know, folks we talked to they're like, yeah, food's crazy, it's expensive. And we're trying to wrap our head around, like, is 40 Australians feel like 40 to them, or does it feel like what it feels like to us, which is more like, I don't know, 28 or 25, Mm -hmm. given the current rate? Said, well, maybe it feels like less to them, and um, they were saying, no, no, it feels like a lot um but the waiter there can get like 35 bucks an hour
0: yeah and you don't tip so again that we well, can, can sometimes i would most but they most, certainly weren't
1: expecting it i noticed yeah um that sometimes there wasn't an option to if i paid with a card
0: right yeah, I, I it would just go there was no way run. to
1: do it yeah
0: but food was so good yeah. we had lots of great meals
1: lots of great mo- uh meals and uh we we did a lot of like merch, and I didn't bring enough vinyl, and I brought too many CDs. And just like here, they don't—they're not as into CDs, which makes sense. They just don't know how to play them. What do not you how they know how.
0: <laughs> they don't have anything to play them on. Right, right. But people now have their record players, and you sold out of your vinyl in the first three shows, and then we were stuck with. All those CDs. We maybe sold a total, I'm going to guess, less than 10. I well, we say. weren't
1: able to take credit cards really because Square doesn't work overseas. So we try. you came up with a good hack with PayPal, but yeah. still it was a little bit cumbersome. So I just appreciate everyone who did buy merch because our margins on this tour were tight and that uh, everything helped. And uh, yeah, it's inspired me to think about going to other parts of the world.
0: Where would you like to go next?
1: Well, don't hold me to it, audience, but I mean, I want to go everywhere, but um, I'm thinking the UK because uh, I've played in Europe four times as East Forest, but it's been a while. And when I did do it, it was really just like gum and duct tape holding the tour together, so to speak. I mean, it was really, I just kind of anywhere I could find a gig. This is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I would drive like a thousand kilometers just to play in this little bar in Southern France. And then I'd cruise up to Amsterdam in a car. So I'd like to do that in a more uh, healthier fashion, but I never went to the UK to play. And according to the stats that I was judging going to Australia by, the same or similar or better even, uh, we have f- friends and community in the United Kingdom. And so and just feels right. You know, we just did the thing with Nick Mulvey and mm-hmm. he feels like a brother already. And I'm like, oh... I vibe his music. They vibe his music.
0: I have a feeling they would love to see you in the UK. Well, I,
1: I'd love to go. Yeah, and Ireland too, and yeah. Scotland.
0: Let's do all of those together.
1: Excuse my ignorance, as I believe Scotland are part of it. I don't know.
0: We just did our twenty three and Me while we were on our trip too. We got our results while we were in New Zealand, and I'm mostly British and Irish.
1: So they should pay for you to go. It's like your I'm returning Israel home. trip. Where yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that's inspiring. me. I've always wanted to go to Japan as well to play because uh, there's acts th- that are similar to myself that are welcome there, and I've always I've just felt intuitively there's family there musically and artistically. I mean, frankly, we'll go anywhere where I feel like there's a good invitation, and it's it's needed. It always feels like an act of service, but uh, some places like, hey, I'd love to do a tour of Africa, but nobody's calling from that would be Ghana to say we need you
0: to put together and if you're listening and you are in one of those spots and you're like well I would I could I could I've got a spot East Forest could play in some of the uh, venues that we played in in Australia were from folks that just are fans and have studios and they reached out we did a lot through the Power Living Network because we connected to Duncan and then Jordan and he did a such a good job but like I said, some of those other spots, like our friends now in Dunedin, mm-hmm. Christy and <sighs> the
1: brother who got the
0: snake. Craig. I want to say.
1: Well, I know his I know his soul by looking at his house.
0: They reached out and yeah. and uh, just through Instagram and and we took our day off and went to their spot and it was great.
1: Yeah, that was some amazing hospitality there. Shambhala One of our farms. favorite
0: places for sure.
1: Yeah. Really nice stay there and a beautiful gig. Uh, Several of the gigs were quite hot. And so for our Australian friends who did come and you're in a hot gig, I want to apologize. There's nothing I could do about it. But I guess now that I know it can get quite hot, um, we'll certainly do our best to bring some air conditioning. But I felt like people there are like, well, this is how it is. You know, it can get really, really, really hot in some of those places.
0: Really hot with packed bodies in a room. And it's humid for
1: me as a performer. I'm assuming the heat I'm experiencing is even more. And uh, I had a couple moments where I was I was struggled quite a bit. Uh, one night where I was feeling a little faint, and I was like looking at the keys and doing the whole thing and looping something, and I I felt like it was sort of like driving on the right and the left. I forgot. Sort of like what? What's a C? What's a G minor? Oh. That kind of thing. Wow. And it was like just a second of like, how does this work?
0: Because you were so hot.
1: It's just my brain was starting uh. to shut down and uh I had to just push through that. But
0: the next day uh when we were in Dunan, you had your magical moment right at the end of the show when you had forgotten to plug in your computer, which is like Oh, that was amazing. Probably for you one of the biggest no no like amateur moves, and you couldn't believe that you had done that. Well,
1: Yeah, we were having some computer issues. Um, I don't want to get too deep in the rabbit hole and the boringness of this, but basically I use a computer sort of like a mixer. And it's important because if it's not on, all the audio is going through it, right? Yeah. And computers are computers these days. There's a mystery inside that box. And I got a new computer, a new used computer, Used, I won't even go to the reasons why, I just take my word that it had to be used to work with the things and the things and the things. And I do this as a form of maintenance, like getting, you know, upgrading equipment, uh, even if it's not broken. So Yeah, you
0: did this in December so that I you'd do, be ready for the I do it every, the store. all the time.
1: Every, every year I'm buying computers and it's, it feels kind of terrible. But it's like Apple has me by, you know, the neck and they like to step on it from time to time. And uh, I have two that I travel with. And one that I use in the, the live set. And I bought this just trying to do due diligence and I was having trouble. It was giving like an audio glitch sound. And I spent many, many, many hours trying to figure out why and troubleshooting. And it's an indiscriminate sound. So it wasn't like I just easily could replicate it. Talking to Stevo. Thanks, Stevo. And uh, talking to Ed over at 1201 in Portland and talking to Apple and talking to other friends. And I thought I'd maybe found a solution and then we went and of the eight shows i think five or six of them it had the sounds. they made the glitchy thing which is st- stressful and not what i want so i went back to apple right after i got back a couple days ago and i just I, I the guy comes up to you know at the genius bar and i just laid into him i was like before you speak and i gave him the preamble sort of like setting down like a lawyer setting down a binder or two of like research, and the person is like, I'm not even going to try and argue this. <laughs> like, I was talking about things I don't even think he understood. He immediately got his supervisor, and the supervisor was just like, Yeah, so uh, where's the credit card? We'll return it for you. And they returned it. I still have to figure out what to do, you know, how to.
0: But in Dunan what happened?
1: Oh, so in Dunan, I had pulled out my other computer to have two, like, ready to go.
0: As a backup.
1: Yeah, and that one was plugged in, and it was charging. And then we started the show, and I hadn't put the charger back onto my other performance computer. So it's just operating on the battery, which I didn't know. Which, amazingly, it worked fine. But we got through the entire set, maybe an hour and a half. And at the very end of the set, I said to the room, like, the whole, the very end, <laughs> you know, boom, 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 boom. We're here. We're there. Can we feel it? Okay. Now let's all inhale through our nose for one final collective ohm. We're going to breathe in. And I go, and the sound cut out. And like all, all the sound, like silent. my mic went dead and everything's, there's no more sound. And I was like, what the hell happened? And I looked, I was like, oh my God, the computer's battery ran out. It wasn't plugged in. It went dead in that moment. I like get the final ohm. So of course we had to do the final ohm acoustically, which is fine, if not appropriate. Um, but I found that to be an interesting form of synchronicity of kind of like the, there's a humor to it of the universe being like kind of, it said th- three things simultaneously, which is a perfect manifestation of what it means to be alive. Like mm-hmm. it said, uh, you're, you're like, don't think, don't like this problem that you're like giving too much power. I'm kind of playing with you by showing you a failure. But then it's happening at a moment that's actually like artistic and fun and beautiful. So it's at like a good moment, It actually made things more interesting. Mm-hmm. And then on top of all of that, it's just like, well, the timing of it is the synchronicity itself, right? I mean, if it happened in the middle of the set, it would have been... Uh, quote unquote worse but It would have killed time, the vibe. But this but the, but the time it had it, it like it had more meaning. Yes. Which made it a louder message. Yes. A louder message of sort of saying, Hey, um you're being held but um you're not a baby. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm
0: hmm You could laugh at it. It was a bit comical for you which was a blessing.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. I mean in the moment I, I really thought it was it was stunning in a good way. Yeah because it was at the end, and I'm not sure the audience understood what was going on, but to me it had (laughs) a lot of meaning, Um, yeah, so that happened, I'm trying to think if there are any other, like, occurrences of special, I mean, certainly there were down moments and high moments, but as there are on tour without long, and uh, we were on that beach one time, And we were going to be speaking of venomous things. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really hot. And we were like, there's only one bit of shade under these trees.
0: We were at the beach at Byron Bay. And we had been there at the beach the day before. And we walked out onto the beach and you have been like, we need shade. And I turn and I look over my shoulder I'm like there are free umbrellas right there. It was like a line of free umbrellas it that you could gifts, yeah. that you could just give a donation and take an umbrella, which is great. So the next day we're like, let's go back to the beach with the free umbrellas. And there we'll, weren't any. We'll back. And They must have moved it to a different beach. Maybe that they free just weren't there. umbrella service gets rotated. I yeah, we know.
1: only had an hour and we wanted to get in the water before the, the show. water was perfect. Yeah. and uh, So anyway, the only place to sit in the shade was under these trees and we went under the trees and I'm just like... I don't know. This is feeling like we shouldn't be under these trees. I, I was nervous. The bite thing. Maybe this is why I got bitten. It, yeah. it gave me a premonition of like, you... I don't, don't just sit anywhere. And like, no, I mean like, like there. Oh, My nice. body was like, no, this doesn't, this, we shouldn't be here. Primal
0: got, body said no. Gotta
1: go out to the sun. So we go out to the sun and we're sitting on the beach For I turn around, there's these signs that you couldn't see. <laughs> it's like, Warning, like you know, snakes. snakes. Yeah, like all through those <laughs> trees and bushes. Like, don't sit here, dummy. There's a bunch of snakes. I'm like, well, oh, I'm not used to that. I'm no. used to rattlesnakes. That's about it.
0: That same area too. We stayed in Bangalore and we would drive back. Bungalow, bungalow. I don't
1: know. Yeah.
0: Bangalore Bay. Bangalore. Yeah.
1: Sounds. But when we were
0: driving, there were those great big, you know, the big signs that are on the side of the road when there's construction, and there may be like six feet feet by six feet, and they flash, and they change. And they have a
1: generator. The and phrase, f- yeah. yeah. And so the
0: phrase would say, watch out. And then the next phrase would come, koalas about. Watch out. Koalas about. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Which
1: made me think of, like, zombie koalas, koalas uh, which we, we didn't see a koala at that point And we're just like, it may, yeah, like, look over your shoulder. Watch out. It's koalas about. Um, uh, but we did, uh, speaking of wildlife. Yes. But before we left, we were like, we really would like to see some stuff. And we were looking around and we, we did see things, amazing bird sounds. I got some amazing field recordings while I was yeah. there. So, to me, it was just like a, a completely different landscape of sound. Yeah, the birds
0: um, were so wonderful. And birds, the kookaburra. Um,
1: all sorts of things. and But we really wanted to see some of the big five. What are the big five? I would say... Kangaroos.
0: Koalas. Koalas. Wallabies uh Kookaburra. kookaburras crocodiles i think that's it and maybe wombats are on there but i'm not sure nah they're
1: a sixth they're not they didn't make the big <laughs> five but we wanted to see those or some of them and someone told us uh our our hosts in
0: adelaide Adelaide.
1: <clears throat> we had a great show and we had two days off their only days off at the end there and they said there's a wildlife park refuge um
0: out in the hills
1: what was it called
0: uh, the Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland Wildlife Conservatory,
1: yeah, and it was amazing because um, it's basically like there are no fences or well, you know, it's basically this big open spaces and it's so large and different areas that you just feel like you're kind of on a sort of a gentle hike.
0: Yeah, so think like a park. You're basically in an open park,
1: but not that groomed.
0: No, not that groom. So it
1: felt cool. It and there were
0: like fences between separate zones, but huge you, zones. You'd walk into this zone, and you're in again, like think like a park. And you look over, and you say, "Oh, I think there's a kangaroo right there." Yeah,
1: I see some wild animals over there. And you
0: walk up to the kangaroo, and I'm
1: waiting for them to freak out. They
0: just lay there on their sides, <laughs> casually. Like, they're
1: totally lounging. Like they're and then you the keep beach. getting closer and closer. You they give them some move. food, and they're like, mm, mm, or <laughs> they don't even you open
0: their mouth. They're like, "We've had these pellets." A gazillion yeah. times. Oh, big surprise! What Shitty pellets. pellets.
1: But they let you pet them. <laughs> they just chill and and we saw like little joeys in the pouches, and we yes. saw koalas, and we saw uh,
0: wallabies all sorts and of wombats, things. Tasmanian yeah. dev- devil, all those poisonous snakes. Those were in those are in the places glass. behind
1: things. Yeah, but that was cool. It was a nice way to to kind of end the trip was to to get to actually. Touch some wildlife,
0: yeah, like that. and we could just. It was there wasn't really that many people there, and um, we just walked around for so long and just took our time, it didn't feel crowded. And we basically chilled with the kangaroos for hours, it seems, yeah, yeah. You even saw some kangaroos getting at it, yeah. And
1: then we 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 were like, we left it closed, we were the last people there, and like there was no one there anymore. And we step outside of the gate, and there's another kangaroo, and I was like, wait a minute. This guy escaped. He's like port, squatting. And then I realized, no, this is a wild one, but he's also as domesticated because I think he just lives here mm-hmm. and people come out, With they're their... leftover food and they feed him. Mm-hmm. And there was another one and they were just like more, I don't know if kangaroos are that docile generally. I imagine they're not, they're like deer probably. I don't know.
0: I don't know either. But they, you know, these all were. when they get
1: used to you, they they certainly are.
0: Oh, and the dingoes, we saw those too.
1: Yeah, Dingoes look a lot like Kaya, my dog,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think. I've always thought she has some dingo, some defiance <laughs> I think in her. She's
0: got some dingo in her, too. Yeah. And um, she's the alpha.
1: Yeah. So, all in all, a really uh, amazing trip. Um, probably start going back in soon because it takes a while to put these things together. Um, thank you again to everybody who helped put it together, everyone on my team, but also. You Tim and Isabel, but all the people who again said yes, and then most importantly, all you guys, if you were able to show up for showing really up, really
0: sweet fans,
1: and to you, oh, for all the help you did, um, you you were a big part of all these, not just the ceremonies themselves that we did, uh, which you were a big part of. Uh, you were just I could not have done it by myself with all the gear and the moving and the support and the emotional support and so thank you. For You're doing welcome.
0: That. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. It was a big trip. It was a big trip and it was a ton of work for both of us. I got to step in like full Rada Karma Yoga selfless service mode for over two weeks and It was beautiful. And I love being able to add to the ceremony concert experience with the sense and the sounds and the energy holding and crafting and containing so that you can do your magic. And every time it's so wonderful for me too. I get to hear it. I've heard, I would say I've been a part of probably 90% of the ceremonies and it doesn't get old. I just love it so much. And I love Mm. the effect that it has on people and the responses that they share afterwards. It's so moving. It's so powerful.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I mean, that's true. Like sometimes I was telling you, I'll look out when I'm at first starting and I'm uh, giving people some preamble and introduction and I, I can't read their faces and body language. And I get the vibe sometimes, you know, the person who won't look at me or the person, they're not looking at their phones, but it's that vibe kind of like Shut like, up, shut up. No, they're <laughs> no, not.
0: This is all in my head. It is in your head. I,
1: I know it's my story, but I, you know, all it takes is one bad student, so to speak, and the whole class is difficult. And it's like one guy who's like, the energy is just like, but just, it makes no logical sense. It's
0: just his resting meditation I know face.
1: It's just like, we're starting an event they paid to go to and attend, and it's like, of course they want to be there. Yes. But I have to overcome that. And I, I see it in my mind, and I just kind of watch it. I don't try to i don't identify with him just like oh there's that thought yeah and i just continue with uh whatever's coming through and that that happens with music that happens you know and that's that Ramdas idea of not turning it off mm-hmm. just kind of loving it and mm-hmm. saying oh there you are all right hello all right we don't need that right now you know it's all okay but i say this because um after the shows we would uh be selling the merch and meeting folks and taking pictures and just talking and, and hearing from people's stories. And I was always, um there was one particular show, I won't say which one, that I felt people weren't as connected, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I was like, well, I guess I'm just, I don't know, you know, sometimes you win them, sometimes you don't. And I did my best. And then afterwards, if I had just, if we just bailed, I'm like, let's get out of here, get some dinner. Mm-hmm. That would have been the story. And instead I don't maybe that night we heard the most engaged responses from people. Oh, oh that's I, true. I'm so happy that happened. I had this life changing moment of
0: you know, people gave you, you know, sweet you know, gifts I, that they brought. We just
1: had the birth of our daughter to the music, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> so it was so profound. I think part of it is giggle. they don't quite know too maybe what to expect out of the experience and the way that you lead it is so beautiful and all the intention that's put into it is so um, thoughtful to go deep and you guide them in just the right way and then for them especially those who are fans of your music to have that moment where they get to sit so close and so intimately with you watching you create it is really powerful too because you doing that thing that you do when you're making music it's a you're
1: I, th- I think they were just hot. So many yeah. <laughs> parts
0: of your brain are working at once. I'm blown away by it.
1: Oh well, that's sweet. Well, the next ceremonies are uh, Tree Fort Music Fest, March. Help me out. You're on. You you help yes, with this. Yes,
0: Tree Fort Music Fest in Boise, Idaho, March 25th through the 29th, 2020.
1: And... and one of the dates is Sunday, and that's at Yoga Fort, which is in is part of Tree Fort. It's one of the sub forts that you lead. And yeah,
0: you're going to play for my class.
1: Right. I think it's like 1 p.m.
0: Something like that. It's it's for Yoga Fort, but you're playing for Tree Fort Music Fest too in their LED space. And it's Friday and Saturday night. It's a late night. It's like ten thirty p.m. Ten thirty start time. And there's no one after you. And it's going to be a ceremony concert or whatever you want. Some new things. It's going to be a deep dive
1: for sure. And um, it's really fun inside this container of a festival because I I don't know. It's got a different energy that I really enjoy. It feels um, at least it was last year. And so I'm really looking forward to having our little space that we create. So that's coming up. If you want to come to Boise, Idaho, it's a wonderful festival at the end of March here. Um come join us.
0: Hey, should we say that other thing we're gonna do in October?
1: Oh yeah. And we just opened the signups for the East Forest Spirit Dive that Marissa Rada Welpner will also be leading as she has since you the can beginning. just call me Rada. Rada. Uh, but that's that's the Utah retreat, the Southern Utah retreat. It's kind of our flagship retreat that yeah. we kind of get to choose most of how it goes down. It's a wilderness and wellness retreat that we've been doing. Uh, this is the 5th. And uh, it's quite intimate. In the, and so if you are feeling that calling, I encourage you to sign up right away. The housing is quite limited. If you want to camp, it can get a bit chilly at night, but it's definitely campable. Um, then you're going to have more options of when you sign up. But we do cap it at a certain number because we like to go on hikes into these amazing canyons of the Grand Staircase, Escalante National Monument. And uh, we're restricted on the, how many people we can do that with. So it's uh, organic food, yoga, with Radha, meditation, music, wellness, Talks, celebration.
0: static dance, um, lots of connection. And above time. all, the wilderness. Yeah, the nature there is... Is the medicine.
1: Yeah. And there's a couple spots as well, uh, currently left at the Eslin Institute in Big Sur, California at the end of May, we'll be doing a another retreat. Dive. Yeah. A little bit of a different character there. It's a little bit more of an exploration of sound and how music and sound takes us to the inner landscape uh, through various mechanisms. And then, and then they have the hot springs there. So that's quite restorative and rejuvenating. And you can check that out through uh, eastforest.org retreat.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks to all of Australia for your love and support. And what a treat for me to be on tour with you again.
1: Well, The honor is all mine. And uh, we'll catch you soon.